Jeff gave an interview at the Reagan Defense Forum uh, about a week or two ago. Let's go see what he had to say. So he starts out, he says, My grandfather was a fascinating man with amazing judgment. I had a special relationship with him because I spent all of my summers from age 4 to age 16 with him on his ranch. He would take me every summer because my mom had me when she was only 17 years old. She needed a break from me. My grandparents were an extra set of parents for me. In Brad Stone's book, uh, The Everything Story, The Age of Amazon, Jeff Bezos and The Age of Amazon, I think is the subtitle, um, he talks a lot about um, the impact that his grandfather uh, had on him, especially, you know, spending months on end with them every year. Um, so he also talks about, well, let me read this to you, and I think it, it's going to sound like something that he's going to quote his grandfather, but it's, it, could, it sounds like something Jeff would say as well. Um, so he's talking about back in like the 80s, like when Reagan was president, he says one of the primary criticisms of the strategic defense initiative at the time was that it was too technically ambitious, that it couldn't be done. My grandfather would have just said, well, then we better get started. So he's saying that every time you tell his grandfather something's too ambitious or it can't happen, the only response that you'd get from him was like, OK, well, then we, we better get started right now. I think it's probably a good idea like a good uh, mode of operations in your life. Um, there are a lot of things at Amazon and Blue Origin that are grafted from my grandfather and his points of view. So he's kind of reiterating the point that he made in Brad Stone's book that his grandfather played a huge impact, had a huge impact on his, not only his life, but the way he thinks. And he says, the way you earn trust, the way you develop a reputation is you do hard things well over and over and over again. Um, and then he's got the reason, he's, they were asking like, why are you working on Blue Origin? Obviously, uh, one of the customers of Blue Origins, uh, the United States government. So he says, my view is if big tech is going to turn their backs on the Department of Defense, this country is in trouble. That can't happen. Um, he says, I know it's complicated, but do, you, but, do you want a, but do you want a strong national defense or don't you? I think you do. So we have to support that. And then he talks about, he was asked a question, like, how do you recruit great talent? He says, at Amazon, we haven't created a country club culture where you get free massages and all the perks of the moment. I have always had a bit of skepticism about those perks because I always worried uh, I always worried people would stay at your company for the wrong reasons. You want people to stay at your company for the mission. You don't want mercenaries at your company. You want missionaries. Missionaries care about the mission. And so one of the, one of the I've learned a lot of great ideas from from Jeff that I think about constantly. And one of them is uh, the missionaries make the best products. And when I analyze. Like in my own life, the companies or products, you know, it's, it's weird. You interact with so many different businesses and you're like, think about in your day to day over the, over 300, the next 365 days, how many different businesses will you interact with that you have to exchange money for some kind of product or service? And how many of times are you thrilled at that transaction? In, in most cases, very, very, like a small amount of time. And that's, I think people have lost sight of this is like, your product or bit your business makes a product or service that product or service the primary point of having a product or service is to make somebody's life better and yet you have all these these like our our actual interactions with companies like there's a lot of hostile actions to the customers and i think of like jeff putting the customer first henry ford talking about the entire point of his business is to serve customers um i i just think this is it's clear that it's the right way because you see it so infrequently you know, all right, you can't, um, let's see, let me go back to my notes. You could drive great people away by making the speed of decision-making really slow. He means within the company. Why would a great person stay in an organization where they can't get things done? And so then he talks about like, how do you speed up your decision-making? And he's got this great framework. He splits decisions into two different types. So he says there are two types of decisions. One is a one-way door. 
These are decisions that are irreversible and highly consequential. We call these decisions one-way doors. They need to be made slowly and carefully. Most decisions are not like that. And then the second type of decision is a two-way door. Most decisions are two-way doors. You can make that decision, and if it turns out it was the wrong decision, you back up. You can do it again. And so why is he bringing that up? Because he says, in large organizations, all decisions end up using the heavyweight process that is really intended to be used only for irreversible, highly consequential decisions. So what is he essentially saying there? He's saying that that most organizations are confusing one-way and two-way doors. That it's a two-way door, and they're acting like it's a one-way door. So they move a lot slower than they need to. And uh, Jeff continues. He says, that is a disaster. Uh, this is his own personal opinion. He says, if it is a one-way door, meaning one that's irreversible, let's analyze it in five different ways. Let's be careful because that is where slow is smooth and smooth is fast. You do not want to make one-way door decisions quickly. Uh, he talks about how to resolve conflict in, within an organization. Controversial decisions must be escalated quickly. You, can, you can't let two junior people argue for a year and exhaust themselves. You have to teach your junior people to escalate and escalate fast. So he talks about this as essentially a way to disagree and commit. And he uses this himself. And he says, I disagree and commit all the time. I will debate something for an hour, a day, a week. Then I will say, you know what? I really disagree with this, but you have more ground uh, truth than I do, meaning they're closer to the decision. Uh, We are going to do it your way. I promise I will never tell you I told you so. This works great. It is very calming. And then there's a general rule in life and not only in building company or whatever, this, uh, the speed of movement is so important. Uh, another idea, the most important thing for, for uh, the most important thing for doing well against competition is being both robust and nimble. Scale is an advantage because it gives you robustness. You could take a punch, but it is also good to be able to dodge a punch, and that's nimbleness. As you get bigger, your robustness gets better, but your but your nimbleness gets worse. And so, how do you combat that? And he says, decision making speed is the most important piece of nimbleness. 